All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Monday, March 16th, 2020, and uh, we are still in quarantine here at the Lockdown Studios. So we're going to try something a little bit different today. We've talked a lot about things that we miss lately, you know, about the Red Wings being a contender. And, uh, you know, last week's dust up with the Carolina Hurricanes got me thinking because one of the things that I think I do miss most uh, about the Red Wings being a contender is having teams and players uh, that, you know, you love to hate, that you're seeing on a regular basis, that, uh, you know, when when the two teams meet and there's playoff implications, uh, that there will be some bad blood a little bit. And uh, it's one thing we don't get a lot. You know, nobody really hates the Red Wings. Everybody kind of feel bad or feels bad for the Red Wings. Uh, there's just not much hatred there. And, it's really uh, kind of the way the league has gone too nowadays. It's a lot less fighting, a lot less chippiness. There's a lot of guys just saying hey to each other in the warm-ups. It's just a different kind of league now. And you're absolutely right. Uh, by the way, we should probably introduce ourselves here since you uh, spoke up just now. That is Ethan Smith, the co-host of this Lockdown Red Wings podcast, and I am Detroit sports writer and longtime Red Wings fan, Nolan Bianchi. Still now, Ethan, healthy, baby. We're still healthy. Still healthy for now. We're quarantined. Uh, we're doing this one over Skype. Uh, yeah, we're going to do a Mount Rushmore of players that Red Wings fans love to hate. Now, I made the cutoff for this, 1995. For a couple of reasons, mostly because I was born in 1996 and I, I don't really remember, you know, much context before that. Uh, but we also wanted to be able to include Avalanche players. So those are really the only team. That's really the only team I'm going to be targeting, you know, from the, I would say from 95 to like 2002 ish, I guess you could say, I don't know. There's a couple of guys on there who had some longevity and started in the nineties and early two thousands. But for the most part, I think a lot of these guys are, are going to be uh, names that you recognize because of more recent uh, activity behavior, whatever you want to call it. So the way this is going to work is we're going to, uh, we're just going to alternate. We're each going to pick four guys that Red Wings fans love to hate, and then we'll put it out on Twitter and you guys can vote uh, as to which Mount Rushmore you hate more. Now, uh, I don't, I, you know, I don't know what the advantage is to going first or second here. Obviously, you know, you, you get the first pick. That's a big deal. So, Ethan, the way I'm going to I'm gonna decide who gets the first pick in this uh, Mount Rushmore of players that Red Wings fans love to hate. If you can, if you can name the round that Dan Cleary was drafted in and the Chicago – or oh, wait, I just gave it away. Dang it. Uh, name, the, name, the, name the round that Dan Cleary was drafted in by the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, I'll say round eight. Wrong. He was a first rounder. I was going to give it to you if you landed within three rounds, but uh, yeah, you were way off. What, so what, I, I, what, what draft was he? <laughs> what year was he drafted in? I don't know, like 97, I want to say, something like that. I, I just, I knew it was a long time ago. I know they had like 10 rounds back then, but yeah, hey. I, yeah, he was. He went like 14th, or he went like 13th overall. Oh, good night, Yeah, 13th overall, 1997. Uh, first player to be drafted out of Newfoundland, I think. If that, that, if my that memory serves me. That is true. My memory serves me. First correctly. player to win a cup, baby. All right, so uh, I'm gonna go first. Uh, I think this one, this one. It, I mean, it's not too obvious. I think there's some some players who could make a, a case for being the number one, but I, I think in my mind, hands down, given, you know, what we've talked about recently between the Red Wings and the Avalanche, I think you got to go ahead and give it up to Claude Lemieux. Uh, so that's who I'm taking with my first pick. Oh, uh, wow. He was obviously, going, you know, 
with the <laughs> going with a little the off the board. In. I know, going off the board there. Uh, he was the catalyst to the rivalry that sparked between the two teams uh, from '95 to, I mean, really 2003. Um, each team won a couple of cups in that time. Colorado winning two, Detroit taking three. So uh, he was a, he he was a guy. Once he broke Chris Draper's jaw, running him into the boards, he kind of set that rivalry on fire that, you know, it, it, it would have been there had that not happened just because of how much they were playing each other. But without that hit on Chris Draper, the Red Wings uh, avalanche rivalry is not what we know it today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wait, I mean, I don't want to be, since you took such a shoe in with that first one, like obviously, obviously everybody knows who I'm going to say next. Everybody. I it's the guy. It's the I think guy. There's two guys that you could say right now. I, there definitely is, but I think the dude that's he got chased out of the game in Montreal. <laughs> told them he was going to play his last game there. Then he goes to Colorado, and you know the whole ups and downs with that. My my first round draft pick is Patrick Waugh. Yeah, that's Just, an easy one. Yeah, I mean, you have to go with those two guys. If you took Claude Lemieux, I can't go off the board and take, like, Adam Deadmarsh or something. Like, that's not going to work. So I <laughs> I have to – I'm trying to win this. I'm a competitive person. So I'll, you know, obviously the, oh, we'll see what happens in a game seven. And he gets, you know, both the goalie fights getting chased in game seven. Going up seven nothing. It was just the, just a guy that everybody hated – and everybody absolutely it wasn't even like yeah you hated his absolute guts because you got yeah we all love to hate him Mm -hmm. like with Claude it was just if I saw this guy on the street like this dude could not be in Michigan you know like that Mm -hmm. just he'll never have a summer home in Traverse City but you know (laughs) Patrick Wall was just like hey man get everybody gets your good goalie and sometimes he, he had the upper hand on us but oh man, when he didn't, it was ugly for him. I know, and that's <laughs> and that's the thing is, I think he's probably the only goalie we're gonna name. And there was just yeah. so much, to, like I and like, despite him being the easy number two, like I couldn't even. Uh, I mean, just off the top of my head, I couldn't really think of another goaltender when I was when I was kind of racking my brain to come up with a, a short list here. And I think that there's so many elements to it, like you mentioned, that kind of made it so good to beat him because obviously he is the last line of defense. Uh he is somebody who can completely shut a game down by himself, somebody who can win a game by himself. Uh in the you know after the Red Wings went back to back in ninety seven and ninety eight, uh they lost back-to-back years of the Colorado Avalanche in the playoffs. Uh, lost 4-1, then 4-2. Over those two series, Patrick Waugh had a 1.91 goals against average, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Uh, and then that that series that you just mentioned in 2002, and oddly enough, I actually have had a piece come out uh, yesterday at, at thehockeywriters.com. Uh, it's a new, new series that I debuted called In the Rest is History. It's about, uh, you know, big moments that made way – for even bigger moments. And I think when you look back to that embarrassment uh, of a seven, nothing game seven loss at Joe Lewis arena, you also have to remember how they got there. And that was game six. He makes two unbelievable stops on Steve Eiserman in a matter of 
five to 10 seconds. And then after the second one, he tries to hot dog a little bit, goes Statue of Liberty, Brendan Shanahan scores the, the game winner. How do you go hot dog? What is that? Yeah, you're, you're hot dogging a little bit. If you watch I've, the clip, if you watch the clip, that's exactly the term that they use. He goes, "Oh, Patrick Wad just got caught hot dogging." <laughs> never heard that phrase? No, I've never heard that. Oh man, that's but awesome. Yeah, so that's what happens. He lets go of the lets go of the puck. Uh, Shanahan pushes it in. The, the Avalanche don't score another goal that series, and it's kind of it's not all on him because your team needs to score. But I, I can't think of a more demoralizing goal to give up in the final minute of a first period game six at home oh, man and plus two going into that game seven you got to think like and how nervous fans were for that oh yeah and then we just pump them yeah oh god it was it was a powder keg it was an explosion of uh you know the likes that we've well probably i mean it's just so so crazy the way it, it was a once in a lifetime game seven and uh, i think for me that was the moment that i i think my red wings fan them probably ramped up into full swing i was pretty young at the time and i uh i had a lot of misunderstood hate for this team i didn't really get it i just knew we didn't like him and that was that was just incredible that was a that was a turning point for me as a as a young red wings fan and we you know you gotta think that we get to we get those memories and then we also get the fact that we beat the bruins was it twice this year and we beat montreal three times and that's what we're riding and you know it's just you gotta pick your yeah, you know, you win some, you lose some. Very similar. You know, it's okay. It's okay that the season's over, essentially. All right. Uh, I'm going to stay very on the board with my next pick. I think this one's probably pretty obvious, too. And then this is – after this, I think, is where things will start to open up a little bit. So maybe we'll get a little bit contentious finally. But I think the next one, uh, no-brainer, Sidney Crosby. Uh, you, you face him in back-to-back cup finals in 2008 and 2009. You lose the second one. He, at the time, is probably the most – hated player in the entire league at that point so you know to have to have that player come in and you know see him twice in the cup final I think that that's you know just automatically going to ramp things up and then you get the fact that he doesn't shake the Red Wings hand after they win in game seven there's the fact you know there's the year after where the Penguins come to town he gets in that dust up with Jimmy Howard and Jimmy Howard face washes him oh man it was it was just an all-time hate affair uh when that dude came to town and for really i mean most of like 2000 i would say 2008 to like 2012 2013 i think and there's probably a lot of people who still hold that hate in their heart for Sidney crosby they definitely do especially like he was the first it was his first cup and he won it in detroit last you know oh that's just I just I hate thinking about that game and seeing that shot from Cronwall go go off the crossbar, and then Flurry's unbelievable save on Lindstrom that I still mm-hmm. can't watch. I still can't watch that save in highlight reels. I it's saw it yesterday. I saw it yesterday. Unfortunately, it hurts my soul. And you know what's crazy too is like yeah, even though he was way out of position when he like came over and like there was a second where that entire goal mouth was wide open, like he still by the time Lindstrom got off that shot, there was really nowhere to go with that puck. No, there wasn't. So I think that one hurts a little bit less for me because like, even though it looked like he was super out of position at the time, like it really wasn't a blown opportunity in my opinion. And it just, it's just cause like in a split second, you see all the hopes and dreams that you could possibly have of winning a Stanley cup disappearing. 
And then I, after that goal was, after the shot was stopped and I saw that, you know, that's it. I just, I got up from my living room. My entire family was there and I just went into my room for the rest of the night and I just sat on my bed. I didn't <laughs> I did do the anything. Exact same. I, did and the I was, exact same. I was, yeah, I was so young. I didn't have like a TV or anything. I just literally sat in bed and I couldn't believe that my yeah, family no was still, was still no, like, watching. No, like, I know perpetual internet feed to just sink into the abyss. You know? I was just absolutely disgusted. My family was still just <laughs> watching Sidney Crosby lift the cup in Joe Lewis. I was just, you guys are, I can't even look at you. Unbelievable. Uh, who do you got next? All right. Look, this is, I mean, <laughs> I love the energy. It's, 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 I mean, I think this guy is more hated. I mean, he's still hated by Wings fans, but there was a time from, I'd say, about 2007 to 2012 or 13 where this guy was just despised, but he was so good. And he also, I'll just say his name. It's it's Shea Weber, in my opinion. Yeah. I think that's a guy that was despised that's a good for selection. a solid five years in Detroit, five or six, smashing Zetterberg's head into the – glass twice no call they end up winning that and then it's just from there every single time this guy was here it was it was like a rivalry game playing nashville uh you you see him all the time in the regular season and then there was a fact that there were a couple seasons uh or maybe just one that i think it was that playoff series that you just referenced um where the Red Wings just got completely outmatched in that playoff series and they lost four one. And I remember thinking like, Oh, they shouldn't be, uh, they shouldn't be losing this series. You know, they finished with 102 points and, uh, and they just got mopped by the Nashville predators. So yes, that was kind did. of one of those, that was one of those things where it comes in 2012. And while the Red Wings would uh, win a playoff series the next year, they only won one more for the rest of their, their, you know, stretch here. So that was kind of like, that was kind of the beginning of the end because that was the first time that yeah. they hadn't made it out of the first round. You see the holes, you see the holes that are developing in that roster and how yeah. people are getting older. And yeah. Yeah. It was it's a, such Nashville had such ugly jerseys that year too. I hated that team. Oh, I did too. I did too. Yeah. So it was their first, first round exit since 2005, 2006, which is crazy to think about. At the same Jesus. time, at the same Jesus. time. So respect, much respect. Um, cool. So I'm next. I got, uh, this is kind of a tough one. I'm going to go Joe Thornton. Uh, you really could name any number of players on those Sharks teams. Uh, Dan Boyle, Ryan Klo, Devin Setaguchi, Joe Pavelski. Uh, it was Setaguchi who had that, that, who gave us that famous clip from Todd Bertuzzi where he's just mouthing you're dead. Uh, oh, he got man, a little, a good one. got a little cavalier with his stick and stuff like that. That's but, a good one. Uh, you know, he was a guy who he was big. He was physical. He could score. He was he cocky was, too. He was arrogant. Jumbo Joe, baby. Captain. And, and when you play two consecutive playoff series against somebody, kind of like we were just talking about with Crosby, and really uh, on a much larger scale, the way things kind of transpire with Lemieux and uh, Waugh is, you know, when you see a team twice in, in back-to-back playoffs and you lose both of them, I think there's a certain element of bitterness that gets mixed in that, that kind of makes that hate just a little more pure. Absolutely, dude. It's a that's oh by the way, 
I have to stop saying absolutely. Yeah, we both do. It's fine. I have to. You know what? Then maybe that's what this what this uh this coronavirus, the self quarantine yes, is all about self improvement. Yes, it's all uh, eternal optimism. Eternal I'm gonna optimism improve my podcasting. It's this this is gonna be good <laughs> for the both of us and it's gonna be good for the world because we need to be healthy. Absolutely. Oh dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was on a detrimental. Oh man, oh man. All right. Is it my turn? Yeah. I think your list is stronger than mine and I don't like it. So I'm going to go off the board here. Okay. You just, you <laughs> you just nose diving. No, no, it's a good one. It's a little, there might have to be a little asterisk next to it because he wasn't necessarily a player, but I'm going to go with the <clears throat> Colorado avalanche coach, Mark Crawford. Wow. How do you okay. like, how do you do like you those apples? Explain, explain. The hatred, the trash talking at uh, in interviews that he was known for, mm-hmm. and also just the arguments that he's had with Scotty Bowman too. Oh yeah, those were legendary. And like, oh. even think about like just the little stuff, like uh, you know when uh, man, I'm trying, I'm like struggling in my brain to like remember kind of the exact details of some of these moments but like there was that one moment where where an avalanche player skated by the red wings bench and uh i can't remember who it was it was like holmstrom or somebody he just kind of like grabbed his stick and stole it right out of his hand they broke it in the bench and there was all that nastiness going back and forth then patrick waugh very clearly took some notes from that because as soon as he got you know coach of colorado he was kind of doing the same thing but i think that's i I like that you know you're going off the board a little bit but i think it's still i think it's still it still plays as somebody that red wings fans it could be on mount rushmore absolutely it could be on mount rushmore the entire fans just screaming crawford and he was a great coach too and he was a yeah. great coach. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. So uh, we each got two left now, right? Um, I or did. Three. No, no, no. We each got or we each got one left. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, okay. So ooh, this is a tough one. Um, I got two go, names here. I know. I'm going to – I think they both play for the same team. I'm, I'm going to go with Corey Perry. Uh, oh, man. Come on. I know. Another thing – Another thing where the Red Wings kind of, uh, you know, they they saw him a bunch in the playoffs for an extended period of time. They saw him on their cup run uh, in 08. They saw him, you know, later on a couple years later in 2012. I'm probably missing some playoff meetings uh, in there as well. But, um, or sorry, 2013 before they played Chicago. But Corey Perry is another talented guy who was just a rat. Like he was Brad Mar- He was, he was, Brad Marchand before Brad Marchand. Oh yeah, uh, he wasn't as talent. Well, I don't know. I guess you could make the argument that you know he had a fifty goal season. Career. Yeah, I was gonna say you could make an argument that peak, like prime Perry versus prime Marchand is pretty much the same exact player. Uh, the only difference is that the Red Wings had to see him on a regular basis, and they saw them, you know, and they were running into them when they were good. So it wasn't like the Marchand thing where they just kind of like the only time the Red Wings have played them, they just kind of dusted us and kept it moving. Yeah. Plus, there was that fight with Datsuk. There was the 2013 playoffs where it went seven games and Perry didn't score a point. So there was just like a lot of like good old fashioned, like, you know. Like, yep. Like, 
Yep. Remember? Do you remember that? Like, remember that mic'd up thing when he was talking to Datsuk and he's like, "We're gonna get you. I'm gonna get you." And Datsuk like can hardly even speak English, and Datsuk just looks at him. He's like, "You tell Franz and we're gonna get him too." Oh, I remember that. Good one. Good one. Just a rat. Just a just a straight up rat. Oh man, who you got for your last one? Okay, this goes against my my heart and my soul because I I love this man. I've said it numerous times. I was gonna, I'm gonna put Marion Hosa leaving and winning three cups on Chicago on the list. Really? Yeah, that's interesting. I had him. I, I, sorry, go he, ahead. He was probably on your list. I, like, he he I, was on I'm, my list. But I just think I think it might be amplified a little bit by how much I defended this guy my his entire career because <laughs> <laughs> that's all I seem to do after 2000. What was that? 2009. So it's been a solid <laughs> 11 years of me defending him. But, you know, this guy puts up 40 goals. I mean, we had to play him in Pittsburgh and when we won our first cup. Mm-hmm. And that was tough. He put up almost a point per game in the finals. And then he comes here and he puts up 40 goals. Fans love him. And then Ken Holland signs Johan Franz into a 12-year deal. And they say, hey, Hosa, you want $5 million even though he scored 40 goals and he goes no no i i think i deserve a little bit more than that and then the red wings fans are like oh what are you serious (laughs) and then he leaves and then he wins three stanley cups including one the next year his third stanley cup finals in a row third time is the charm with chicago i think there's something to be said too about the fact that the Red Wings made him a villain by signing him away from the team that they had just beaten the Stanley Cup Finals a year prior. And then one year later, he doesn't do the exact same thing, but he makes a very, very similar move to where he's jumping to a division rival that the Red Wings saw in the conference final on their trip to the playoffs in 2009. And then so, you know, we knew he was a villain, but he was our villain. And then, so I think that kind of amplified his leap where you were just like, ah, Jesus guy's a real piece of dirt, huh? You know, and (laughs) outside of the, outside of him winning three cups, I think there's a very big role to, that was played uh, just with him, you know, being a villain when he got to Detroit and then leaving a bigger villain. Yeah. And especially to being on that, um, was that 2013 that, was the game seven Detroit and Chicago? I can't remember right now. Uh, yeah. Yep. Like him being part of that team too. Mm-hmm. And then he gets to continue on to the Stanley cup. It's like all the right, last real ugly moment for the Red Wings. Yes. Before like, yeah, essentially before they started falling off a cliff, like right. that was, that was the last year that they really had a shot too. And for it to go as long as it was and how competitive of a series that was to see him going on to, I think, was really sour especially Mm -hmm. him like him succeeding outside of Detroit where Wings fans thought he would be here helping us to see him go have success somewhere else on a rival team that's on the up and up and the Red Wings were obviously on the decline so it's I that's why I I think that he definitely should have been he should be on the list I agree uh so here's what I got for uh, the shortlist for honorable mention I got in that same vein kind of got 
Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, uh, just That's two really superstars. They like they were hated for two different reasons: Kane because he's flashy and he would break your heart and then fart in your face. Uh, he was never really, he was never like, uh, you know, a, a shit talker or anything. Though he was kind of just a, I'm just gonna do my no, he job. Was a rock and my star. job is he was a yeah, rock star. He's just sick. Yeah. And like when that when that guy's killing your team, you hate the rock star. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Taves simply just because you know he was the face of the Blackhawks. You know, he was part of that Canadian team that beat USA in 2010 uh, in the division, so they saw him a ton. Just kind of a natural thing to go on top of the rivalry that the Red Wings and Blackhawks already had. Uh, Ryan Getzlaff, uh, kind of in the same breath as Perry, where you're seeing him a couple times in the Western Conference playoffs uh, for quite some time. That guy was there for uh, – I mean, he's still there. Um, you know, haven't seen him in a while, but I, I think he's definitely somebody that makes a list. Uh, I got Chris Pronger. Played for St. Louis, Anaheim, Edmonton. Always seeing him in the playoffs. He had a huge frame. Kind of reminds me uh, – well, I shouldn't say that. But he, he was like – he was just a huge guy who took no uh, – you know, no no holds barred. That's that's the phrase I'm trying to use. Took no gruff. Yeah, he took no gruff. He would, yeah. uh, he would try and get away with pretty much everything you could in terms of cross-checking and slashing out in front and stuff like that just to – Real guy. dirty guy. Yeah, real dirty Great guy that guy. you just love to hate. Um, you know, we got David Backus as uh, another one um, just because he's a guy that the Red Wings saw very, very frequently. Tyler Johnson and Brian Boyle from those playoff series earlier in the year. Uh, and then I have a contentious one for you that will that will end the show on this one. If you Well, do you have any other honorable mentions that I didn't name? Um, did, you s- did you say – I did say Brad Marchand. Um I was going to put, I don't know if this mixes into me being a Blackhawks fan for five years, but I hate Ryan Kessler too with a burning passion. I don't know if that really translates. To no, no, because the Red Wings never really had to deal with him when he was in Vancouver. And then jerk. by the time he got to Anaheim, it was kind of. Yeah, that's it. Okay. And uh, then I had, I had Ty Domi in there too. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one from, I I had him on the list, but I also couldn't really remember him being too yeah no i mean yeah that's that's probably a good one uh i got i got one more for you that's really contentious you ready for it yes sergey fedorov huh yeah when he left mm-hmm. yeah he leaves in 2003 goes to the ducks who had just beaten them gets this huge uh payday and in my, like I just mentioned, you know, I was born in 96, so I was real, real young. I didn't really know what happened. I just knew that there was a guy who played for us, and now he's playing for them. Uh, so that was kind of my, you know, first, the first player that I can remember playing the Red Wings and getting booed every single time he touched the puck. Like every right. time he came to town, it was, it was an event. Red Wings fans hated him for a long time. As much as they want to pretend like they all love him and they want to retire his jersey now, there was a time where people hated that dude. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know if that guy's gonna get his jersey retired. I think he deserves it. He was the most prolific scorer on a team that won three cups while he was here. So I get the argument that you know. But then uh, he left. I know, but so did Terry Sawchuk. You know, he, it's different because some of the guys left in trades and stuff like that. But uh, I don't know. I get it. I, I do get the. I get the opposite argument where he'd only played like half of his career here so it's tough but at the same time like you do that much for a franchise fair enough i'm, I'm i don't make the decision 
I would be happy either way. Right. Uh, cool. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's all we got for you guys for today. We hope you enjoyed this Mount Rushmore. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. Go ahead and vote on the poll of who had the better Mount Rushmore. Which one do you hate more? Uh, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. See ya.